This winter, L.L. Bean wants to help you get outfitted for all that's out there with tips and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. Finding time outside can feel tough in winter, but it's just steps away if you turn your backyard into a winter oasis. Add a fire pit to keep you warm, some winter games to keep you active, and some all-weather furniture and outdoor blankets for chilling out comfortably. Just because it's cold out, that doesn't mean you have to be cold. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com slash guide. I'm Jason Epperson, and it's time for the latest in National Park news. At the end of each month, we run down all the news stories that affected national parks, and this month is no different. But a lot of the announcements made in December by the National Park Service will affect 2023 travel, especially when it comes to those experimental timed entries into certain national parks. So today we'll cover which parks will require entry reservations again in 2023. Plus, there have been some increases in park funding and the size of certain parks has increased. And we'll also let you know which sites you might expect to become national parks over the course of the next year. But first up, that reserved entry. As parks have become more and more busy with tourists, the National Park Service has had to put in place ways of limiting entry into certain parks, often through these timed reservations that you book on recreation.gov. Rocky Mountain National Park's timed entry system will be back for the fourth year in a row, beginning on May 26, but there are some changes. The system is similar to the one used in 2022, with two types of reservations available, one for the Bear Lake Road Corridor, which includes access to the rest of the park, and the second being for the park excluding the Bear Lake Road Corridor, but covers everywhere else. That rest of the park reservation period will be from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., meaning that you can drop into the park before 9 a.m. or after 2 p.m. without a reservation. The system will be in place a bit longer in 2023 as well, through October 22nd instead of October 10th. Permits will allow visitors to enter the park within a scheduled two-hour window with no set time to leave. The cost for booking a reservation is a $2 fee, and the first reservations will be available through recreation.gov at 8 a.m. on Monday, May 1st, with reservations available on the first of each month for the following month thereafter. It's all a bit confusing, and that's how it's going to go with all the parks. So look at their website, and it should make a little bit more sense. Another change for 23 is that Rocky Mountain will withhold 40% of those reservations to be released the day prior at 5 p.m. Last year, it was only 30%. Those reservations are going to run out quickly, so try to book the advanced ones if possible. Glacier National Park will expand its program that is limited visitors using Going to the Sun Road in the summer, and it's now including reservations for the east side destinations like Mini Glacier and Two Medicine Valleys. In 2021, Glacier required visitors hoping to drive the iconic Going to the Sun Road to buy one of the limited number of $2 tickets along with their regular park pass for entry. In 2022, it was expanded to include the North Fork region of the park near Pole Bridge. Starting in summer of 2023, a ticket will be required to drive into the park during most daytime hours in peak visitation months at West Glacier, Pole Bridge, Two Medicine, St. Mary, and Mini Glacier. There are different date ranges and requirements for each entrance, so check out the link we put in the description 
from the National Park Service that explains it all to you if you plan to head to Glacier. Arches National Park will bring back its timed entry system, which will be in place April 1st through October 31st, which is almost a full month longer than in 2022. Tickets for Arches will go on sale January 10th for April visits and will release monthly thereafter for May, June, and so on through October. Meanwhile, Zion National Park will also bring back the permit lottery for the park's popular Angels Landing hike, at least until February 29th of 2024. But no longer will you have to get reservations to get on buses at Zion National Park. The lottery for hiking Angels Landing on dates between March 1st and May 31st begins on New Year's Day and closes on January 20th. It costs $6 to apply to the lottery, which covers up to six people. The permit itself for those who win costs an additional $3 per person. Other lotteries will be held in April, July, and October for their respective three-month periods. A limited number of day-of permits will be available at the ranger station if you miss out on the lottery. Reservations will not be required to visit Yosemite National Park during the summer of 2023 as they have in the past, but reservations will be required for entry most weekends in February when Horsetail Falls has its firefall, an orange glow backlit by sunset which can make it appear to be on fire. This unique lighting effect happens only on evenings with a clear sky when the waterfall is flowing and when the sun is at the right angle. It attracts many visitors to a very small area, causing traffic congestion, parking issues, and safety concerns. I wouldn't count out on some more changes to reservations as we go forward, so keep an eye out and check the respective park websites as you plan for trips. For all of these reservations, you will also need to pay to enter the park separately unless you have an annual pass. You can also check out one of the fee-free days that are scheduled for 2023. They are January 16th, which is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, April 22nd, the first day of National Park Week, August 4th, the anniversary of the Great American Outdoors Act in September 23rd, which is National Public Lands Day, and November 11th, which is Veterans Day. We generally suggest that you avoid parks on these days unless you really need to save the money, as they tend to be very busy. We'll be back in a moment, but first, a quick break for a message from our favorite place to search for the best campground for your national park adventures, Campendium. Campendium lists virtually every campground in North America and every type of campsite you can imagine. From remote backcountry tent sites to RV parks with water slides and pickleball courts, you can search by price, including free or by cell service, elevation, whether pets are allowed. Dozens of different search filters will bring you detailed user reviews so you can find the best campsite for your trip. Campendium is free at campendium.com or on the app, and you can upgrade to a RoadPass Pro membership to unlock an ad-free experience with more detailed cell service reports, public land map overlays, trail maps, and more. A RoadPass Pro membership also includes other premium apps like Togo RV and Road Trippers. Visit campendium.com or download the app today and save $10 off a RoadPass Pro membership with code RVMILES10X. 
Well, after months of negotiations and delays, Congress has passed an omnibus spending bill for the fiscal year 2023, which includes a $210 million increase to the National Park Service budget, along with $1.5 billion in disaster funding for Yellowstone and other parks that were hit hard by natural disasters in 2022. Yellowstone, Yosemite, Denali, Lake Mead, and Death Valley all need to rebuild and recover after record floods, severe storms, and hurricanes and drought. They plan to rebuild better prepared to withstand future disasters. Quote, this bill is a sign that lawmakers are picking up the pace on annual national park funding and recognize the numerous challenges facing these iconic places, said Teresa Pierno, president and CEO of National Parks Conservation Association. This year was a wake-up call as we witnessed several national disasters take a costly toll on our already underfunded and understaffed national parks. Also in the budget is a $29 million bump for the National Heritage Area Program and $447 million for the Army Corps of Engineers South Florida Ecosystem Restoration Program to continue construction of Everglades restoration projects. The bill also designates the current Pullman National Monument in Chicago as a National Historical Park and provides the National Park Service with the ability to acquire land from willing sellers to perhaps expand that park. Big Bend National Park has expanded by 4,000 acres after buying a nearby plot of unused land. For the purchase to be official, new legislation will have to pass to change the park's boundary, but the park has acquired the land owned by the Fulcher family, who sold the land at a discounted rate in the name of conservation. Big Bend already spans more than 800,000 acres, and they intend to acquire another 2,000 acres soon. The land was previously used for ranching. It does have a poorly maintained road, but most of it is inaccessible. And the park plans to preserve some of the cottonwood groves as a nature preserve for birds. We shared last month that Colorado's Great Sand Dunes National Park was requiring masks indoors again as cases of COVID rise in the surrounding county. Well, now Sequoia, Kings Canyon, and Gateway Arch are requiring masks again, and any other parks could at any moment as they monitor the surrounding area case levels. If you're heading out to a national park, it is best to be prepared with masks for when you may be needing to enter a building again. Finally, could we have a couple new full-fledged national parks in 2023? The wheels have been in motion for a while now to turn Arizona's Chiricahua National Monument near the city of Wilcox into a national park. In fact, a bill entered the house almost exactly a year ago, and it hasn't really gone anywhere yet, but it is expected to pass in the new Congress. The area is named for the Chiricahua Apache, who once called the region home, and it's known for its rich history and unique rock formations formed by an immense volcanic eruption that hit the region about 27 million years ago. It sits at the intersection of the Chiricahuan and Sonoran deserts in the southern Rocky Mountains and the northern Sierra Madre in Mexico. And it's 18 square miles of a wonderful biological diversity and a playground for hikers, birders, and more. There's also draft legislation out there to designate the Chesapeake Bay's 41 million acres, the largest estuary in the United States, as a national park or other designation. The Bay's waters flow through six states, Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New York, Virginia, West Virginia, and the District of Columbia. Maryland legislators plan to author a bill in the next session of Congress to include the Bay in the United States National Park System. That's it for this month's National Park News Roundup. We hope to see you next time. 